0: Welcome to Backstage with Zuddle. I'm your host Kishore from Zuddle's very own marketing team. And this is a podcast where we share eventful stories from thought leaders across industries to give you epic insights into the world of events and beyond. What's good everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of Backstage with Zuddle. We have a super interesting topic this time around. We're going to be discussing event budgets. Yes, we're sure a lot of you resonate with the challenge and the pain that is associated with handling event budgets and more importantly, you know, putting together a memorable event, meeting expectations while staying within the limits of your approved event budget. Sounds relatable, right? That's exactly why we recently spoke to Kimberly Wong, who's a senior manager of field marketing and global events at Paddle. Kimberly has a very interesting experience and journey with events. She's also worked in the hospitality industry before. So she has a well rounded understanding of budgets and areas that. Can be optimized in terms of event budget. So let's say you are strapped for a certain budget amount, but you still have to deliver a great experience, right? So this conversation will help you identify the key areas where you can focus your money on, um, and where you can cut back on without diluting the whole event experience. So if this sounds up your alley, then you've got a treat ahead. So let me take you to the conversation that Kim Wong had with. Our VP of Marketing, Ketan Pandit. See you on the other side.
1: You know, costs are um, skyrocketing everywhere, right? So whether it's a venue cost or whether it's other vendors and technology and whatnot, how do you ensure that your ROI stays at uh, the benchmark that you have of 12 to 25 or whatever that you think, right? How are you managing that?
2: Very good, very good question. So I think something we have to consider in just the the economy that we're in currently is, mm-hmm. I think you really have to plan as if you have no budget, right? And I think it's, you get really creative in doing so because it's easy to, I think, you know, have money and just, oh, we're gonna do this that, and that, but are you using it strategically, right? Um, and I think it's if you treat your money as if it's your own and you know you think about, okay, how do I want to steward this and make the most for the company? I think you get a lot more out of it, right? Like, say, for example, with a luncheon, you know, you spend hmm. thirty to forty dollars per person, you know, per head, um or you create it in a place where you don't have to commit to a food and beverage minimum the impact of that on spending a $40 on a meal for somebody is huge. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think part of that is experimentation too, right? Sometimes this isn't going to work for every single company. So if you're trying something, try it small. And then if it doesn't work, like, okay, what did you learn? Like, it's not a failure. It's it's a learning moment, you know? Um, I think on top mm-hmm. of that, another piece to add would be like, ask why? Like, why are we doing this? Are we just doing yeah. this because... We've, oh, we've done this 10 other times before. That's not a good reason to do it, right? I think it's, you know, has it worked? Okay, this is great. How do we improve it? How do we continue on that process to iterate again and again and yeah. again?
1: Right. So, you know, I had a boss who used to like to say that uh, uh, don't throw resources at a problem, be resourceful. And I think it holds so true for folks in the event uh, space that uh, no matter what you do, how well you budget, you're always going to fall short. So you might as well start from the beginning and make sure that you're, uh, you know, you know, there is scope, a lot of scope. And that, you know, brings us to the next point, which is about negotiations, right? So going into an event, building a budget, you know, you have numbers on an Excel sheet, or CFO and the CMO have approved. But, you know, when you're talking to a vendor or you're talking to the hotels, where, where do you see uh, the most scope for, you know, getting the most for your uh, money and, you know, where can you save a lot of money?
2: Yeah. So I I think first off, you have to know what's important to your team mm-hmm. and like what you're willing to budge on, right? Yeah. Because I think if, if food is very important to the CEO, you probably will have to spend a little bit more on that, right? It, you've got to know your audience, right? And I think it's also important to know the value that you're bringing to the table. And, you know, Sometimes you can't necessarily put a monetary amount on that. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, like, for example, if you have an executive team um, and there are killer speakers, right? How yeah. can you capitalize on that? How can you use that to your advantage? Because the conference that you're attending is going to want that speaker or, you know, they, they, they have a really good reputation where they are known as the expert in the industry. And so they will come to your right. program because this is the speaker that's a highlight right you, you can't really put a monetary amount on that um i think the toughest thing that that you can't really necessarily control i think is like travel and accommodation for team members right if you're going to be sending two people you know there's going to be a cost and i think in this world mm-hmm. where it's um remote first you know right. everyone's everywhere now mm-hmm. you know it, it companies are international and, you know, you're building out in the US. So how does that look like when, you know, you're, you're sending people overseas and different things like that. Um, But I think the easiest place that you can save actually is with your vendors. So if you set yourself up from the get go and like doing your research and like finding that network of people that you know, and you trust, you can very easily know that, you know, this rate that they're giving me at this hotel is not is is exorbitantly high like I -hmm. need to look elsewhere or another thing to consider is consider what time of year you're having your event and your program right if Mm -hmm. if you're going into a major city that's having a citywide where every single hotel is booked out and and you you know you're trying to have your little program for 50, you're not going to find anything that's, you know, worthwhile. So does it make sense to then pivot the timeframe of when you're having that program so that you can, you know, Um, I think another, another thing I think about too is, you know, oftentimes you're going to have your basic food and beverage minimum, as well as, you know, your, your rental cost for the room and space. Well, when you're doing out your budgets and you know, the number of people that you're going to have at the program, are you going to be spending over that minimum? If you are, is that an avenue of negotiation with the venue to move maybe say some mm. of that you know, rental into that food and beverage minimum so that you're getting more bang for your buck, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I have to ask this as, a, as an insider, where can somebody save the most costs when negotiating with the hotel?
2: You know, I, I think the the biggest piece of that is going to definitely have to be, I think, in knowing specifically your AV needs, because that's often outsourced to mm-hmm. another company, right? Whether that's you know one of the big conglomerates or something like that, yeah. um, as well as knowing specifically, I think, the big costs, right? Like food, food, beverage, as well as like that room rental, which you know is like goes directly to the bottom line.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what about third party events, the ones that you participate in industry conferences, um, where where are the levers for negotiation there?
2: I think specifically with, you know, third parties, when you're looking at sponsorships, it's, it's again going back to what's important to your team. I think if you have your um, your base of like, OK, this is how much we're willing to spend and they want you right because you're mm-hmm. sponsoring and you're helping their program be successful it's it's understanding what you want and being able to advocate in a way where you you're guiding them towards what you what you would ideally want to have um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day if if no one's told you this like it's all negotiable you know and yeah. it, you don't ask if you don't ask you don't get and i think that that's something where you know you you have to know that you bring value. Your company brings value being present and being a sponsor of that show.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely uh, uh, understand that. And we've, you know, we've been in situations where we were going into an event, planning eight months in advance. We get a 30K, 40K quote for sponsorship for a certain amount of size. And we eventually close it at $15,000. And, you know, it's, had we not known that you could imagine you know, we, we could do so much more with that $25,000 that we saved. We went for a much higher quality swag. We, you know, we did an after party that was planned for a much larger audience and, you know, it just worked out just because we asked. And now I know that, you know, the first prize that you get is not the price that you should settle for.
2: Right. I, I I think you have to ask yourself, like, say for example, if you're not getting the attendee list, what is that attendee list worth to you? You yeah. know, it like, can you put a can you put a number on that? If you can, should you add that to your package? Right, like yeah. is that something that's going to, you know, create a pipeline for your um, for your sales right. team that's greater than you know w- what's on the floor? So, all all things to consider.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and um, any instances where you know it's uh, you shouldn't be penny wise and pound foolish.
2: You know, I think you can have the most event savvy like budget owner out there um Mm -hmm. the the key that you need though is like alignment within like your leadership because you know as every event marketer knows like you can be putting in efforts like on you know you know lower on the on the totem pole but then that's going to get watered down if you know if you know leadership wants X, Y, Z thing. And they're very, maybe they're very picky about, uh, I'm going to give a silly example, like the type of chair that you have in, in, in a conference room, right? right. Um, like if that chair is going to rent for, I don't know, 20 bucks a person, well, is that really needed? You know? And, mm. and sometimes like those calls are made above your head, but I, I think it's, that's where you have to think about, you know, Is it it worth another conversation with the team? Because when you have alignment, you can do so much more, right? Like you you can create that experience, like you were saying, whether that's like higher quality swag or, you know, elevated experiences, you know, with that after party. Things that, you know, what would you spend if you had an unlimited budget? Something to think about.
1: Right, no, absolutely, and uh, you like you mentioned in the beginning that you want to be the most helpful SaaS company out there. You want to be remembered for all the good things in your event. <clears throat> I mean, we've all been in situations where things that are not in your control have caused some sort of an issue or the other. But other controllables, typically, uh, I, pro- I you know for a, I wouldn't skimp on say accommodation and safety for the teammates, right? Because they're going, they're taking out time. You wouldn't skimp on uh fnb because the quality will be remembered you don't want to skimp on uh the kind of swag or giveaways that you're you know putting up at your booth because people will take that home and you know if it's good they'll keep it if not they'll probably leave it back at their hotel room (laughs) so that's wasted, right and uh, yeah we've been very very careful about it uh you know we were at imax uh last year and uh, we took like really high quality swag and we still get People who come back to us and say that hey, you know, you gave me that zipper but I lost it or broke it or my daughter wants it. Could you send me another one? And that's such a nice feeling, right? Because you know that somebody is actually using it.
2: I we we always joke like when we when we see our swag in the wild um, uh, on our team, <laughs> that is so cool. It's like you're walking. The other day, I was I was in Austin and you know, you're walking down the street and you see this person, you know, wearing your t-shirt or, mm, you know, yeah. wearing like a cap or something. You're like, oh, nice, nice shirt, you know, and I, and yeah. I think that's, it, it's such, such a win because you know that, you know, one, yeah. we were good to the environment because we didn't add to landfill, right? But yeah, two, that, true. you know, they're repping they're your brand, you know, like what, what more could you ask for, for you know, coming out of, coming out of an event?
1: Yeah. And that's another place that we've been able to save a lot of costs, right? So if your mm-hmm. vendors are, uh, if you use the same vendors time and again, and, you know, obviously you have great quality and a great relationship with them, you tend to save a lot of money.
2: Mm-hmm. I, you know, something that, you know, I love is, you know, coming from hotels, I had a network of vendors that I use, whether that was from swag, whether that was from, you know, um, rentals or, or, You know, anything that you could think of lighting, AV, those people really come in handy, you know, I I think it's like you build a relationship and you can trust them and you know the quality of work that they produce. And once you kind of have those items into place. It makes your job a little bit easier, right? Yeah. You just know, you know who is going to show up for you and you know who is going, you know, when you're in a pickle and you need to get something within like what, two weeks or something? Yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll be able to pull through and, and they know the people, right? It's like, know the people who know the people and, 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 and then, then you're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of requests for your vendors after this. I, I sure know where to go now. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, um, yeah, so, so someone just getting started, right? So we have the advantage of having done this time and again for over many years. And I don't mean to date myself or you, but, you know, we've got, we've learned the hard way about negotiations and things like where you can save money, where you shouldn't skimp, you know, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. But for somebody getting started uh, in this space, uh, uh, somebody who's aspiring to be an event marketer. Um, what tips would you give when they're looking at building a budget and then figuring out where they can, uh, they have, where they have headroom and where they don't have headroom?
2: I Whenever I start with a budget, I start with the non-negotiables, right? Things mm-hmm. that are never going to change. Okay. Um, for example, you know how many people you're going to send on the team. You know you're going to need to do XYZ meals for for this. You know you're going to have to pay this speaker, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: when you start with that, you get, you get a base of what you're going to need to spend. Right. And then you have maybe your goal of where you want to hit under. Um, and then you kind of play with numbers a little bit. Right. I, I I don't think there's been any event that I've done that has been, you know, at the T every single budget line item there is, right. Because you get, Never never, right. Um, but I think on top of that, it's, It's really like we had mentioned earlier it's about building your network in the events industry like outside of tech you know i i think it's it's pretty pretty well known that tech usually has pretty big budgets and that's great but if you've only worked in tech and you don't know how much this costs compared to somebody else it's going to be a frivolous spend you know and i think that if if you are you know joining an association and you're, you know, you know, whether that's PCMA, MPI, or one of the other larger associations, uh-huh. you you connect with people like planners and suppliers that, you know, become your back pocket that will tell you information. You know, right. like for example, you know, a lot of my network is in the San Francisco Bay Area. I know oftentimes when those large citywides are going to take place. So I know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to plan a, a program during this date because I don't know. It's Dreamforce, you know, or yes. or something like that, where every single thing is is taken up in the city, you know. But yeah, right. I I think those are facets where, as you're building that out, um, you'll be able to know what you can save and on what you can't, or you know what you need to nix because once you've done those core items and and you're already over budget, well, that means you got to cut something, right? And and what yeah. does that look?
1: No, I completely understand. And, you know, Dreamforce, for example, is a citywide festival. So no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to compete for the attention that they command. And it's best to be a participant than trying to do your own thing. Uh, we've learned this the hard way. And, you know, I now look at big events. I mark a big cross two weeks before, two weeks after. And, you know, we're not doing anything in that one month. But yeah, after that is fine. And, you know, this is the the, the second half of the year usually gets very busy. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got a ton of events coming up, right? Back to back. You've got Inbound in Boston. You've got SASTER in uh, SF. You've got Dreamforce in SF. So imagine you, you, I don't think most of us would have the budgets like a Dreamforce has to run their event, right? So I
2: you know, wish just, yeah.
1: <laughs> imagine that. Yeah. yeah and and you know you spoke about uh, memberships to this uh, pcma or mpis uh, for somebody just starting up uh in in the space uh how, how can they leverage the most out of these memberships
2: i you know i think that it's it's getting active right like you can you mm. can buy a membership to anything but if you don't use it you know it you're, you're not going to get a lot out of it so you know like mm. in my time like with pcma um You know, I was a director of programs for the Northern California chapter, and I had a stellar team. You know, I think that was one of the most rewarding things about, you know, being Uh I'm still part of the organization. But at that time, you know, in my career, like being a part of that, because not only did I build friendships and and, you know, learn a lot more. I think just being on the other side and doing, you know, events for an association, which is very different than, you know, doing events for tech. You know, I, I also got to, I think, experience what it looks like to build community from people who actually want to be friends. You know, I think sometimes yeah. like when you're in the tech space, like they know you're going to sell to you and, and and they know like, oh, they're inviting me because they want me to book a demo or, or something like that. But it, it's the genuineness, right? And and you yeah. meet some of the coolest people, I think, from all different walks of life that, yeah. that will you know, feed into you in some shape or form, like, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for mentoring. And, you know, I have been mentored by various people in those organizations to, you know, help me, you know, get to where I'm at. And, you know, when I first started doing a trade show, i had never done a trade show before. And, and what did I do? I, I called up one of my colleagues, I said, Hey, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you, you know, can, can you help me? Can, can you guide me yeah. a little bit and, and walk me through this? And, and that was crucial, you know, that I think that helped me be a successful event marketer because you know i was able to speak with people who you know are a little further along in their career and and were able to help me with that
0: and that was the show folks hope you enjoyed it to stay updated on upcoming episodes follow us on your favorite streaming platform also visit zuddle.com to know how you can simplify your b2b events see ya